Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm caps lock different. It's facts, not fiction. Said I black out for real, then the track gone missing. If it's cap, I'm dipping. We ain't talking about a move, then it's flatline finished. When I spaz, I'm grinning. Put a peel off in the Sadies, and I pass by spinning. It's perks with the slate, but I don't have my skinnage. Took a quick trip, and now I'm back home winning. And I see they eyes pop like I snack on spinach. Pull up to the spot, she trying to grab my digits. I'm already eight shots, a Henny past my limit. Here you go. Hazards with a dash full of tickets. I'ma act like I don't see them like I bad eye vision. Y'all can't pass my What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 159 of Psychotic and Iconic. Pals here along with my co-hosts, Nick Theories and Philly Phil. Thank you to everybody that's tuned into the live stream. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and share it. Thank you to everybody that likes, follows, and subscribes to all of our platforms. You ready to go, Big Dog? We back. We back, man. How was your 4th of July? It was good. Yeah? Did you sell it? Did you celebrate it Patriot style? Yeah, my brother's house. Yeah? We eat like alcohol that. and food. I like that. I celebrated with uh, my fiance's family, my family. Best family in the Phil, world. Philly Phil. They ain't a family like the Millers. Yo, I got a quick, quick story, yo. I had the funniest story with me and Phil. <laughs> Him and I went jet skiing with our fiancés this weekend. As we were going to fill up gas for the jet ski, my hat flew off. because Phil, Phil, yeah, the theory's hat, my helmet. And as that soon as went in the water, I was like, Phil, my hat. He was going like 50 miles an hour. I was like, Phil, my hat, my hat's gone, bro. <laughs> we go around, right? We get it. And mind you, this jet ski is so uneven. This thing tilted over. The fucking thing completely went over. So were you and Phil on it? Me and Phil. No, 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 we, no, no, we, no, no, no. He's not. He's not saying no. it right. I jump. I jumped into the water to go get his hat because we couldn't reach it while sitting on top. I Whoa. jump in to go get it, and then I and then I, I fell. And I, and, because and the, yeah, I reach up to go hand it to him, and he's reaching down to get it from me, and then he falls in the fucking water, and the and the and the jet ski flips over. Yeah. So we were in the water, right? And I swear to God, time froze for about five seconds. I look over. Phil is thinking at least a hundred miles an hour of what to do. He had no <laughs> idea what to do, dude. And then he just we just say he's like, "Yo, dude, just flip this thing over. Let's just let's just go." That was the best moment. That that was one of the funniest moments of my life. I saw this man think 100 miles an hour within that five seconds. Bro. That was a thinker, too. Like, that time froze. He is. Time froze for that five seconds. That was one of the funniest moments I've had in my life. That, is, that was would that be my first top. time on a jet ski. That was my second. But that was, like, my first time actually, like, really, really going. They're all, dude, they're so much fun. Yo, I ain't going to lie to you. No, nah, I ain't going to lie to you. I am still sore from that yeah. shit, bro. My body's sore. Everything. My legs. My torso, my back, 
everything, bro. Yeah, everything is sore. Everything is sore. I, I'm not kidding. It was the impact. Yeah, it was great. It was a good time, though. I had a great what? weekend. What? Hi. I had a great weekend, man. I'm ready to get this shit rocking and rolling. Welcome back, everybody. We got six people on YouTube. How many we got on Facebook? I don't oh, know. Oh, oh. Well, you guys need to share the stream now. We are live. We have a packed show tonight, and we can't wait to get into it. So right, let's, let's go. Let's do it. NBA free agency was wild. I know we said we were going to be all football. But NBA free agency took us uh, for a little ride over this uh, past weekend. So the Sixers signed Patrick Beverly, but they lost George Niang, Shake Milton, and Jalen McDaniels. Uh, what do you think about the signing and the losses? I love the signing. Um, we talked about this a couple pods ago that, you know, I wanted the Sixers to get that annoying player. And they finally got it. I think Pat you actually Bev. said Pat Bev. Oh, yeah, we, 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 yeah, we talked about yeah. Pat Bev. I think he would be a great addition for the Sixers, and I love this move for him. They have him. They have P.J. Tucker. They have two defensive guys. Um, I, 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 you know, losing Niang kind of sucks because he is pretty good at, at, at the three-point. Mm. But other than that, I'm okay. I like the Sixers' move so far. I really do. I think they, I think they upgraded. I'm the same way. Uh, I actually do hate losing Jalen McDaniels because he's a really good defender. Losing Shake, he was a good shooter, but he was kind of buried on the bench. He didn't really get that much burn and uh, wasn't that impactful. Losing Niang is tough because he's obviously a great shooter. He's a great three-point shooter. He talks shit. Like, the crowd loved him and everything. But he was virtual. Like, it was so hard to play him because he's such a poor defender. It was five on four when you were coming down. There was nothing. Like, he can't guard a pole. Yeah. So that's what sucks. But I love the signing of Patrick Beverly. I think it'll be great. Um and I mean, not great. Patrick Beverly, he's a good player, but just he's he's going to thrive in Philly with that crowd and everything that Philly's about because that's what he is. The Rough, energy. rugged, tough. Like mm -hmm. He's going to love that. Yeah, I totally agree with so that. So I'm, I'm all in on uh, the Patrick Beverly signing. I liked it for that. Yeah. Um, James Harden opted in after he had no market. Now they're looking for a sign and trade deal so that he could get a long term deal. Uh, where do you think Harden ends up? I think the, I think Harden's going to stay put. Um, I don't know if there's an actual trade partner for him. I don't see a team out there right now potentially wanting to acquire him at this point. Um, I think a lot of teams have made a lot of moves. They spent a lot of money. They've, you know, I, I think they've kind of formulated their team a little bit. I think, I, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't believe a team is willing to give up a lot to get something back that is possibly on a decline, on a serious decline. Well, he definitely is on a decline. Right, right. I, I mean, I, He's definitely on a decline. That's all I'm going to say. I, I I can't go into like crazy specifics on that, but you could just your eye test tells you that he's not James Harden that he was in Houston, and that's cool. But it, it is what it is. Still a good player. Uh, yeah, like I think Harden's going to stay with the Sixers because I don't think Daryl Morey's going to give him away. Like he's not going to take him. He's not going to let him go for nothing because James Harden is still a good player. What percentage you got for him coming back? I got probably sixty forty. Uh, I would go higher because I would say I, 70, 30, 80, 80, 20, something like that. I just don't see it like. My thing is, is a team like, like my th here's my thing. Why would Harden opt in if Harden opted out and was a free agent? You mean to tell me a team like Detroit or one of those bad teams that needs to sell tickets wouldn't have given him 40, 45 million for a year? Because I don't, I don't think that's what he wants. He but doesn't want to go to a Detroit. But my point is, is that the Sixers would have been held hostage to give him a contract. The Sixers need him the most. Yeah, they do. Well, so they're they're he all hostage. I agree. So my with that. thing is, if he would have opted out, and he would have, and a team like Detroit or like I'm trying to, or like I don't even know who's, I can't even think who's another trash team off the top of my head, but a team like that would have offered him a high contract. 
even if he signed a one-year deal with Philly again, I th- I'm pretty sure he could have got more than 36 million. So that was that's where I was confused on that. But I was even more confused that it was he opted in and then wanted to be traded. Um, because it looks like from the looks of it, him and Har- and Har- and um, Embiid are cool. Yeah. So I don't. You saw the photos from uh, Michael Rubin's party. Yeah, like Tobias Harris was there. They all looked fine. So They're I don't really run it understand back. it, but yeah, I do. I think he's coming back. Um, like I said, I would I would go up to even 80 percent that he's coming back. The only way I think James Harden gets traded is if the Sixers make a move for Damian Lillard and then trade him to the Clippers for all those role players. That's the only way I see Harden getting traded in. I don't see the Sixers getting Damian Lillard because Lillard has said, I'm only playing for Miami. Right. So I'm at 60-40, and here's why. We got Daryl Morey for what reason? To build a roster, right? Build a team, make the moves. He's he's very good at making moves, and I, I I firmly believe he has something up his sleeve. What that is, I don't know, but there's no way in hell I don't see them being satisfied with Harden and Tobias running it back. I just don't see that. So I'm thinking there is a move to be made. It's just, is it going to be the right move? You yeah, know, it it's like right what yeah. can they get back for Harden? That's where I'm like, okay, there's definitely a move there, but I don't know if they're satisfied with the return. Did his did his stock decline from the playoff run? Look, probably, but I don't I don't see it that way. Look, I know he had a bad game seven, but he did win two games by himself and game one. In both games, he dropped 40 or 45. See, I see it that way. I, I, I know see, I, I know. see his his yeah. his value decline from that playoff run. Yeah, and to me, it wouldn't it wouldn't have declined, but it wouldn't have increased. It would have just been it would have been regular. It would have been a new point. Yes, like it just it like for me, that's just that has nothing to do with it, in my opinion. Like I would never view it like that. Well, it does have to do because if you're gonna give up your entire, if you're gonna give up young pieces for a James Harden to go win it all, yeah, and you need him in the playoffs to perform, you need him to be consistent. Well, that's been James Harden's story his whole career, though. Right. It's and that's my point. So it's like. Do I really want to mortgage my future to yeah. give up for somebody that's going to be inconsistent in the playoffs? I'm I'm good on that. Yeah, I think I think a lot of teams have smartened up. Oh, for sure. I mean, no, nobody's going to give James Harden four five years at forty five million a season. It's suicide because in two years, who knows what he's going to be? And I think, to be honest with you, with the selling tickets part, what you were saying, I kind of think the NBA's window with that is kind of closing because I I see a lot more parity in the NBA now than I did five, seven years ago. But if you're, here, my point is on that, let me clarify a little bit. And I think you'll understand when I put it like this. Say you're a Pistons fan. That team's been trash since- Since Ben Wallace and Rip Hamilton. Yeah, yeah like they've right. been really bad. If you brought in James Harden, it would give you a glimmer of hope because like they have Cade Cunningham. They just got Monty Williams. So it's like, okay, we have a little bit. At least we could we can win some games. Maybe we'll be a little bit competitive in the East. And it's like, okay, but that, I think, would sell tickets. But here's the thing, though. To acquire James Harden, you got to give up some pieces. No, no, no. I'm saying if he opt, I'm saying if he opted out, I feel like— And went team, to a free agency. And went into free agency. A team like the Pistons, I, I feel like, would just to put people in their seats, give them a glimmer of hope in the East to make the play-in or even a seven-seed or an eight-seed. You have Monty Williams. You have Cade Cunningham. Why couldn't that at least be enticing to fans that haven't really seen a star there? Right. I agree with that, but I just think I, I just believe that there is definitely a move to be made. I just don't know if it's going to be enough. Tom just said for this, return. and we were talking about this uh, earlier in um, the chat. 
I want the Sixers. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't you call Chicago and try and send them to Chicago and get Zach Levine? Who's to say they're not? And, and, and I don't and know. I'm just saying I hope they're doing that. I've been on the Levine train for you know two or three years. I think I love Levine. He's one of my favorite players. So you're gonna give up Harden for Levine? Dude, tonight I would pack Harden shit myself and and send them to Chicago. So what do you do with Tobias? Do you package him too, or do you keep him? Like, what's the price tag for Levine? That's that's where we gotta that's where we gotta know. break it down. I don't there. know. I don't know what the price tag for Levine. If I was Chicago, it would be high. I think Levine is a stud. I, I agree with that. Like I said this earlier I when, I, pretty good. when we were talking about this, I said it to you guys. He was in Minnesota. He was a sixth man. He tore his ACL. He was a star in the dunk contest. He was known for dunks. He's in Chicago now. He's the number one option. He could shoot the three ball. He creates his own shot. Chicago was in the play-in. They were doing great two years ago until Lon or three years ago, whenever it was, when Lonzo Ball ripped his knee up, when DeMar DeRozan was going crazy too. But is he number two? Who, Levine? Yeah. Can he step in here into Philly and play the number two role? Or Absolutely. Is it, or 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 would the Sixers give it to Maxi? No. Um, no, Levine's better than Maxi right now. Oh yeah, Levine's Levine's better than like head and shoulders are better than above Maxi right now. But my point is, is that if your backcourt is Maxi and Levine, you have two young, promising players. You have Levine who can create his own shot. Can is has already has the experience of being a number one option, so he would be able to you know um, flourish as a number two. Then you have Maxi. Maxi's your third option. Maxi's good. Maxi shot forty percent from three this year. But Maxi was our third option last year, and how did that work out? It's hard when you have when Harden's ball I, dominant. I get it. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying Harden. I think ball the thing is, it's like the Sixers. They, I feel like Maxi is the biggest piece here, right? If we move Maxi, we get Dame, right? We move Maxi, we get Dame. Yeah, that's we're getting Dame. Be but I understand the hesitation on it. I would do it. I, I agree just with understand, you. Understand? I understand from a business standpoint why you wouldn't. But I'm just saying, like, if if Dame said, "I'll come to Philly." And they said the that Maxi is the trade piece. Yeah, I would do it. So let me ask you, why why wouldn't you do it though? Like, why do you understand it? Because like Dame over the next four years is like two hundred and fifty million. Right. In four years, what's Dame going to be? Right. Dame's going to be on the he's going to be on the down part of his career. I agree. Maxi next year is going to be eligible for the supermax. His supermax is only going to be like two hundred and ten. Maxi has gotten better every year he plays. So you can get Maxi at 23 years old going into a five-year Supermax for cheaper than you can get a 31-year-old that's going to be 35 when his contract expires. Right. But in four years, Dame is going to be on the decline. Is that what you're saying? Right? No, no, right, yeah. right. But in four years, what's in B going to be? I, well, I was just going to go to that. That's so exactly so now we got to figure out the window. Maxi's, Maxi's window matches the Trailblazers' window with – um, Shaden Sharp, Shaden Anthony Sharp, Simons, and yes. what's his face, and the guy they just got, Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson. Dame matches with Embiid, so that's the part, I, the basketball part, I don't get. If you're Daryl Morey and they want Tyrese Maxey, is Tyrese Maxey good? Yes, but he's not a top thirty player. So why wouldn't you send him? You get Damian Lillard, who can be a top ten player, whose prime matches Embiid's. You're maximizing Embiid's window. You have what three years left of Embiid at this level, if you're lucky. Why would you not do that? Why? Like, why? I don't understand that portion is what I'm saying. I would trade Maxi for Dame immediately, immediately. And I just, like I said, the financial standpoint of it, like I, I understand what they could be thinking. I'm guessing on that. But on the other side, why would you not pair Damian Lillard with Joel Embiid? 
I, I just I don't understand that. You legitimately have two number one options. Well, here's the thing, though. Does Dane want to come to Philly? Because that that uh, there's a lot of reports out there that he is strictly Miami. He wants to be a Miami Heat. And I don't see any other reports that to indicate that he would come to Philly or welcome a trade to Philly. No, well, no, he said he wouldn't. At this point, he said he wouldn't. Right. So I'm just saying if he wanted to come here. Right. <clears throat> yeah, if he wanted to come here, I, again, I said this earlier. If Daryl Morey will not trade Tyrese Maxey for Damian Lillard and Damian Lillard wants to come here, he should be fired immediately. Immediately. Damian Lillard is a, is a, 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 a literal superstar. I agree with you. I agree with you. So if we run it back with the same team, right? Or if, yes, if, if we get a ring, it's all worth it. What Tom said, it's all worth it. Oh, absolutely, it's all worth Just it. Just like that's, the Lakers with Anthony Davis. That's what you. That's what you play. You play to win the game. You play to get a ring. You play for the championship and the banners and stuff like that. Absolutely, hundred percent. But the Sixers are in a really, really unique situation. They have an MVP coming back. They got Maxi, who's a young star. They got Tobias, who is probably the worst contract in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And they have James Harden, who is an aging decline superstar or star at this point. Now, for him to opt in, it's like, all right, it's either they're going to run it back or they have another move and that's up their sleeve. Now, if the other move up their sleeve makes them, you know, somewhat of a contender or just to get rid of the Harden fiasco, yeah. then what do you do with Embiid? What's Embiid going to be? I, like, I would be nervous about Embiid possibly requesting a trade. So I don't think Embiid's going to request a trade. It just doesn't seem like something he would do. But we didn't think that Dane Lillard would do it either. Well, it was well, it was different. With How Dane loyal because, is a hungry dog? Yeah, that but, is the always that I always believe in that. But How Dane loyal is told, a hungry dog? But Dane told the Blazers, "Let me see what you do in free agency," and they took free agency and took their second overall pick, or third overall pick, and they decided to go young. So they essentially told Damian Lillard, we're going in a different direction. They just did it like in an indirect way. Yeah. So it's like, it, you know, I mean, but this has been the rumor with Damian Lillard for what, two years now? Right. Three years, whatever. It's yeah. It, it's, so it's, it got old. Fans. Yeah, like, it, it, it is old. And Brian Jackson makes a good point. He said, assuming Toby and Harden are out, if you ship Maxi for Dame, I don't know. If, I, if, I don't know. I don't think it's enough to get it done. Just my opinion. I agree with that because... <laughs> All right, yeah, you have Damon and Embiid. Well, but why, what else do you got? Why would Toby and Harden be out next year? Well, this year coming up. If they were to trade them for... Oh, no, you're not getting Harden, Tobias Harris, and Maxi. Look, Tobias Harris gets a lot of shit because he's on a max contract and he's not a max player, but Tobias Harris is a good player. Maybe he thinks if they're going to get uh, role players for Toby and Harden, like some good role players, solid pieces that can help you. If you trade win. Tyrese Maxey for Damian Lillard and you get put some picks in there, then you trade James Harden and go get Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, and Terrence Mann from the Har from the uh, Clippers. Now you have something. You have two superstars, legitimate superstars, and a bunch of role players. Norman Powell's good. Terrence Mann is good. Marcus Morris is fine off the bench. You still got Tobias Harris. Like, you can make do with that. I'm not giving up Harden without talking Paul George here. If I'm going to give up Toby and I'm going to give up Harden... I'm, I, not, I, I'm I, not giving up Toby. I'm not sending Harden and Toby to the Clippers. I'm saying Harden straight up for four or five role players. But I, I, I actually would do that, though. What? I would trade Harden and Toby, and I would acquire Paul George, Powell, well, and no a couple shit. other pieces. Everyone would do that. Absolutely. But... The Clippers aren't the Clippers. Why would they trade Paul George for James Harden? Maybe they got to shake it up. They haven't won shit. They haven't done anything. Kawhi and Paul George haven't done shit. 
together. I know. They're they haven't stayed healthy together. They can't stay healthy together. They're never on the court together. It's it's time to just move on. You got to move pieces around. No, I agree totally. And it's like they just they fly under the radar. Because they're on the Clippers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They're, because they're, if they were the Lakers and those two, those they're the little two brother been, of LA. They, they've been a joke. They're the little the bro of have LA. Really been a joke. Yeah. So I mean, that's just really what that is. But I don't think, I don't know with Embiid. I, I, I just don't see him requesting a trade. But I mean, look, like you said, anything can happen on that. I just don't see that. So all in all, if we stay put, Harden comes back, Toby comes back, we have we, we just run it back. Mm -hmm. Then we're another second round exit. Just saying. Mm -hmm. It's, it's over, bro. Oh, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's I'm over. Yeah. I think it's over now. Well, that would be but the only reason why I don't is because Embiid is the former MVP. He's coming back, and I I, I feel like we still have Embiid. We still next have him summer, next summer, it's going to depend on who's a free agent. Tobias Harris is a free agent. James Harden's a free agent. That's two max spots right off the books right there. Right. So next summer can be big for Philly depending on who is available. But I don't know yet. I mean, people will want to come and play with Embiid and play in Philly. Maybe. So it depends on what what kind of year Embiid has. If there's a drop in production, I mean, look, eventually he he's a big body. I want to see though. I want to see them under Nick Nurse. Like, did you see what Jaden Springer said? I love Nick Nurse. Jayden, I love Jaden Springer said he stopped when they were running. They were doing something in practice, and he stopped them and showed them. And he was like, "Yeah, it was the first time I've ever I've ever been stopped and you know shown what to do." Taking a direct shot at Doc Rivers, like he doesn't coach. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Nick Nurse. You know that. I mean, he, he won a ring with the Raptors. And the Raptors. Coach of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he re Nick Nurse replaced a coach of the year. Dwayne Casey got fired in 2018 when he was the coach of the year. And then 2019, Nick Nurse stepped in and won the title. Yeah, the same team. I mean, they got Kawhi Leonard, but it was the same team. Yeah. So. Fake-ass MVP, Tom. <sighs> Fake-ass. Uh, all right, so the Lakers, uh, we'll move on to the Lakers. Lakers re-signed Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, and D'Lo. They added Gabe Vincent, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince, but they lost Schroeder, Troy Brown, Beasley, and Lonnie Walker. Schroeder's a loss. I liked him. He played a really good role for the Lakers. Gabe Vincent's a home run. They got him for nothing. Cam Reddish, he, he's he's a young player. Untapped potential. Untapped potential, just like you said. Jackson Hayes is a pretty big, pretty big body. Tareem Prince, whatever. But also Reeves coming back for four years, 56 million is crazy. The fact that he got the same contract as Grant Williams. I, let's talk about that for a second. Because <laughs> if, if I am a team that is in the West or just a team in general, and I know the Lakers were willing to go 80 to $100 million for Austin Reeves, why wouldn't I just bid higher for him? For his services and make the and force the Lakers' hand to pay him even more, like that's what's so surprising to me about this whole thing. Unless Austin Reeves wanted to take less, come back and you know rebuild that team and bring guys back, and also get a guy like Gabe Vincent. Well, I don't know, but for him to accept four years, fifty-six million, when he could have got like four years, eighty, I don't think anyone offered that because the Lakers were going to match it. And they weren't going to match it until the final hour of free agency on June 6th or when, whenever it started. So it would have affected the cap space of other teams. You don't think the any any other team would have paid that? <clears throat> no, they would have. But the Lakers would have been able to match any offer sheet. But the problem is, is that if, they, if he would have signed it and the Lakers didn't match it until the end, those teams couldn't chase other players because it would have affected the cap space. So the 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 time frame between the the uh, for the offer sheet, yes, and would have affected when the other the teams. Lakers could have matched point. it. That's a great point. When I the didn't Lakers think could have matched it, 
it would have affected the cap space of other teams, so they couldn't do it. They point. wouldn't have been able to sign, you know, just the Mavericks, like Kyrie Irving and whoever. That's a great point. I didn't so, think of that. That's an absolute excellent point. So Man, you really do this. You do this. Sometimes. I like that. Sometimes. Um, but on the same subject with the Lakers, Rob Palenka, what do you think about him as a GM? Do you think he's one of the top dogs now? He's had a, an outstanding uh, offseason, and he's had a couple uh, outstanding offseasons, bringing in Anthony Davis a couple years ago. They won a ring, obviously. Um, yeah, he's done, his he's done his job. He got LeBron, got everybody, won a ring. Uh, yeah, I, I would say yes. I think the only mistake that he made was probably acquiring D'Lo. Really? Probably. I mean, they re-signed them. Probably. I would say. Ago. I would say that, that that's probably one of the biggest mistakes. So or, you're not I'm a D-Lo sorry. fan. D'Lo and and Russell Westbrook. Well, yeah. I mean, that goes without. Saying. That was that was the Westbrook thing for me to make him the best GM. Kind of like stains his legacy to a degree. But look at the body of work the last couple of years. I I can't argue about it right now. I think he's the best. I think he's. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would go the best, but he's up there. Uh, just what he did with free agency. Like I mean, at the trade deadline, and then now with free agency. I mean, he turned them, and they were like tenth in the West or thirteenth. The, in the Lakers West. weren't even relevant, and they made like, the West Finals. And I, look, I know they got swept, but I'll say it again: they played Denver harder than every team. As odd as that sounds, if you go look at the score, they had the smallest score differential. Plus they minus, played the, yeah, the plus minus. They played the Lakers tough. I mean, the Lakers played them tough. They just they couldn't close in the end. Um, but Rob Palenka is doing great. He really is. Um, do you think the Lakers need to add anything else? And where would you rank them heading into next year? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Um, I like to see a three-point shooter. I mean, I think they need a corner guy that could sit in the corner and just just rack up threes. I think that's what they're missing. I think that's what they're going to attack. They'll probably get somebody on a vet minimum, uh, maybe possibly closer to the trade deadline. But I, I don't. I think the six. I, I think the Lakers are done right now. I think they're gonna they're gonna address that in the season. I think Cam Reddish might be able to be that guy. Cam Reddish to me is gonna be the Malik Monk of two years ago. Malik really Monk got that big ass truck got that big Ma Malik uh, Monk Malik Monk was awesome for yeah, the Lakers he and he got yeah. that big contract from the yeah. Kings and left I know so that's why he left but I think Cam Reddish is going to be just like that but for the Lakers heading into the season I would say they're a top like four or five team off the top of my head I didn't really look at that to be honest but I would say a top four or five team they're definitely in the upper echelon of teams heading into the season Lakers absolutely yeah. absolutely <laughs> and, and you can argue you know they're a top three team in the West Definitely. I mean, who? I, 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 and here's the thing: the Lakers kept their entire core and added better pieces. I agree. The Nuggets lost Bruce Brown and um, what's his face? Didn't they lose the other dude? I can't think of his um, name. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But they lost Bruce Brown, who was a big contributor. Bruce Brown, yeah, he got the bag too. Yeah, I thought it was. That's a crazy contract for him. But that's. I tweeted about that because you you come on this show and you were crushing him. You were wow. you were crushing that guy. Bruce Brown got and he got so the bag. Money. He got the bag, yo. No, shout out to him. But that's how you bounce back. Yeah. Good for him, though. He got paid. 
And on the subject of getting paid, Dylan Brooks got signed by the Rockets four years for 80 million, and they signed Fred Van Vliet three years, 128 million, and Jock Londale got four years, 32 million. <laughs> yeah, Jock Lindale getting four years, 32 million. Yo, he should really like he should take DeAndre Ayton out to vacation or something. Because without DeAndre Ayton playing like extremely poorly in the playoffs, he even he's not getting this contract. Nick, it's so not shout that. out the to the craziest Dayton. one for me is Fred Van Vliet. I know Fred Van Vliet's good, but he got more than Kyrie Irving. I know I did notice that. I did notice that. That is kind of crazy. Mean, By two million. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, but I know I got it. Van Vliet's not in the same neighborhood as Kyrie. I don't. I don't on disagree. The floor, obviously, like, I'm not going into all the other shit that he does. Right. But I'm just saying, like, that's crazy. Dylan Brooks, four years, eighty million. Like, look, Dylan Brooks got a bear rap because of everything that happened with the Lakers in that last series. But Dylan Brooks is an RA player. Mm -hmm. He's going to be good for the Rockets. He's he's going to be good with Ime Udoka. That's the type of player that Ime Udoka likes. The Marcus Smarts, the Jalen Browns, those hard nosed ass defenders. Yep. And I think he'll be good for them. Do you? How do you see the Rockets next year? Do you think they could be a team like the Thunder this year that rose and got into the play? I think they're going to turn it around. I like their roster. I think they they are building a young, talented team. Uh, they just acquired, obviously, you know, they they really good in free agency. I think they obviously they. I agree with you. They overspent for Van Fleet. I mean, three years, one hundred twenty eight million is ridiculous. Um, you know, but they have really they put good him pieces. Like a super superstar, right? Right, but they got they got good pieces. They got Jalen Green, Green, Jabari awesome. Smith, um, Sangoon. He's pretty Sangoon good. Is good, dude. Very good. He's yeah, underrated. like he's really good. Uh, Cam Whitmore. They just drafted out of Villanova. Uh, yeah, I, I think this team is up and coming. I think I would give them a two three year window, and I think this team is going to be legit. And I think Ime Udoka legit. is going to have a chip on his shoulder yeah. with everything that went down. And he's an awesome coach. I mean, he took the. The Celtics right to the finals in his first year as a coach. So yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna they're be up and coming. Yeah, they're on the rise. And I, I just like you said, I love their coach, uh, Ime uh, Idoka. He's really really good. And I think uh, yeah, he's gonna coach these young kids up, and they're gonna be really really tough in two three years. I would I would agree with that. Um, but they will turn it around. They'll have a better record than they did list uh, this oh, year. Oh, absolutely, that's for sure. Definitely, I, they yeah. might even double their wins. What how, do you know how many games they won last year? It, it wasn't much. I don't know uh, if they'll double because I think they won like 20 something. Let's see. 22, 23. So I don't see them winning 46, but they were 22 and 60. Okay. So, so 40, 40 wins I would is not. Say, I would say they'll probably be around 35. 35? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good season. That's respect. That's a yeah, good season. I agree them. with yeah, you. That's, 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 but that's like a team where the Rockets, that's a step up for them. And they got a better coach. Right. So, you know, that too. As a Rockets fan, I'd be happy with that because I know my team is going in the right direction. We're not taking a step back. We've, we, we've gained pieces. We have young talent. We have a good coach. I like the direction of the Rockets. I really do. Going back to Kyrie, he goes back to the Mavs, $126 million over three years, and then they sign and trade for Grant Williams. Matisse Thibel was offered $33 million over three years by the Mavericks. That actually just got matched by the Blazers, so he went back to the Blazers. Okay. Um, I so missed that. They got Kyrie Irving and they got Grant Williams. And like I said, Grant Williams got the same contract as Austin Reeves, and Grant Williams had did not plays in some of those playoff games. Yeah. So, but that's the desperation because they gave up everything to get Kyrie Irving. So the Mavericks were backed themselves into a corner where they had a they had to do that. They had to bring back Kyrie Irving and then but somebody like Grant Williams will be good for them. I think it's a great move for yeah, them. Yeah, he's a good defender. He can yeah. shoot. Like he'll be fine. But what do the Mavericks need? They need defenders. They need yeah, defenders. They I love the Grant Williams. They gave up nothing. They they gave up two second round picks 
What is that in the grand scheme in the NBA draft? That ain't nothing. You're getting two bums that, he, that may not even like never even see the court. And I'm going to get a guy in Grant Williams who's who's been on on Celtics teams that's been around leadership, that's had experience in the playoffs. I like this move for the Mavericks, and it gives them a, another defensive piece. This is a home run for them. Uh, Matisse Thybul, I that would have been a great move for them. It would have been great. It would have been good because it would have helped them out on defensive end. Because if you have Kyrie and Luka, you know they could score. So well, yeah, it gave them length. It would have given versatility. You got Matisse Thybul and you got Grant Williams. That's I mean, what I'm saying. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So, I totally agree with you. That would have been a home run, but I still like the move for him. I think this puts the Mavericks. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'll grade them. Um, I'll give them a B so far. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a B offseason, but they're still going to have trouble next year. They're still going to have high reason. A Grant yeah. Williams is a B, but it, you have to fill out your rest of your roster. Yeah, it's going to depend so, on what else they could get, but there's not really much out there that's going to change my my opinion on them. I just don't think that they have it, but. They're going to make the playoffs, though. I think they'll be a playoff team this year. They better be. Than they were last year. Last year, they didn't make the playoffs. No, Well, they traded for Kyrie Irving, but before they traded for Kyrie... They were actually on the rise. They were the fourth seed. Yeah, they were. They were the fourth seed in the West, and then they, they gutted their whole team. You and then they Reggie went... You lost Reggie Bullock. Yeah. You lost... Uh, um, what's his face? Hardaway and uh, whomever. So it's like that's... It just Mark Cuban screwed up. Yeah. And the thing is, is that he had, he had a similar version of Kyrie and Jalen Brunson, and he just undervalued them. He just missed on them, and then... Jalen Brunson went to New York and look at that. He's shining. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we'll wrap up the NBA with these uh, last few contracts and then we'll get into the NFL. Draymond Green goes back to the Warriors, $100 million for four years. Who didn't see that coming? He actually took a discount, $25 million a mm -hmm. season. That's good yeah. for Draymond. Cam Johnson goes back to the Nets for $108 million over that's, four years. That's my guy. He's yo. so good. He's a beast. He's underrated. Yeah. Kyle Kuzma goes back to the Wizards, $102 million for four years. A lot of money, but. They don't really have anybody, but I that, mean, Kuz is a good player. Hold on. Let me so, do that again. Yeah. Fucking ski mask that shit. What? I know. Kyle Kuzma getting $102 million in four years. The fuck am I doing my life? <laughs> Would you rather have Kyle Kuzma at $102 million for four years or Fred Van Vliet at $128 million for three years? Give me Freddie. Freddie, bro, he has he he's they're he's both won, champions. He's won a ring though. So did Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, but he he was he was a big part on on the ring. Van Fleet. He was actually one of the the go to guys. He was second to to Kawhi. So yeah, I, 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 uh, that's tough. I think Siakam, I think it was Siakam. Siakam. Okay, and then Whatever. Lowry. But he played a really big role into yeah, into I'm getting that ring. So I, I, I would go Van Fleet. Chris Middleton. Goes back to the Bucs for $102 million over three years, which I thought was wild. He's been injured over the last few years. I, I don't I don't know about that one. That's a lot of money for Chris Middleton. I, I agree. I'm actually surprised the Bucs did this. I mean, he got the same money as Kuzma in shorter years. So no, got, I, I, I'm legitimately surprised the Bucs actually really forked up the money for Middleton. I, I thought they were looking to move him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, I mean, in he reality, they, out. they still can. They can move that contract if they wanted to and pick up. But I, I, I think they're they have every intention of bringing him back. I, I was surprised by the move, though. I'll be honest with you. It's a lot. It's yep. a lot of money. And then the wildest contract I've ever seen in my life. Jeremy Grant goes back to the Blazers for five years, 160 million. That was when Dane was like, all right, I had enough. OK, so next the next topic on this, it was what moves do you not like in free agency and what team will suffer the most from the bad contract? That is my answer. Jeremy Grant getting five years, 160 million. So what that just told me was 
Now Dame has requested a trade, right? So Jeremy Grant is your number one. He's your piece. He's your go-to. Like that's Scoot Henderson's team. Five years, one hundred and sixty million. I just don't even understand that. That's the worst move of the offseason, and it's not even close. Like the like like I said, the Van Vliet. I'm like, damn, that's a lot of money. But Jeremy Grant got one hundred and sixty million. Come on, man. What's going on? And Russell Westbrook got eight. He got eight million. Is, is that he got eight eight a year seven or total, po- right? No, he got seven point eight million over two years. That's and I don't care what anybody crazy. says, Russell Westbrook is better than Jeremy Grant. Well, Russell Westbrook is in he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. T- type type of type of talent. He is Jeremy, French no, Hall of Famer. Fringe my ass. He's a first ballot. People would argue, but because they're gonna I'm not gonna argue it. Yeah. I I get it. I, we watched Westbrook and OKC. He was he was a force. He, yeah, don't get it twisted. He, he was different. <laughs> he was awesome. Um, so yeah, that's my move. I hate the most. Yeah. And I would say the move that I the the, the steal of it was uh what's his face? Uh Austin Reeves mm-hmm. for fifty six million. You think so? Okay. Yep. That contract I, is is ridiculous. I agree with you. I think I I actually Austin Reeves is better than Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks just got eighty. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's not even close. So, you know what I mean? I would take Austin Reeves. It's the impact. Before we move to the NFL, what team do you think is primed to take the biggest jump next year? Wow. That's a tough question. And I thought about this for a solid 24 hours. And I would probably say, you know, um, man, I'll go with the Rockets. I think I actually believe in them. I actually think I, I like their roster. I like their coach. I think they've they've done a lot of things well. They've they've they have attacked the offseason like they're trying to comp- to compete. Yeah. So my hat's off to them. I like the Rockets here. For me, it's the Thunder. Okay. I think the Thunder are gonna be in that five, fourth or fifth seed. They're gonna be similar to how the Kings were this year. You know they get Chet Holmgren back. I think Chet Holmgren's gonna be in the running for rookie of the year. Josh Giddy, I love Shea Gilgis Alexander is a stud. I just I like them a lot. I'm a I really like the Thunder. Josh Giddy is really, really, really good. He's the man, dude. But I don't know about Chet. We don't know yet. We don't know. I think he's a big question mark. Poten- potentials there, yeah, absolutely. But the question mark is there for me. Which which Chet? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a rookie. Yeah. So it's like, but I'm I. I just think that they're going to be really good. If Chet Holmgren is what everybody thought he was going to be last year. Because he had high projections. They thought oh, it was yeah. be good. Absolutely. Then they're going to be really good. They're going to be what I think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's go to the NFL. So, we're going to start out with the t- top 10 power rankings entering in the training camp. This should be fun. Yeah, let's let's get it. All right, so you want to start You want to start it off? I'll go first. All right, go ahead. All right, so this is Nick Theory's top 10 NFL power rankings entering the training camp this year 2023 i number one i got the eagles they are the most complete team top to bottom the roster is stacked uh yeah they lost Gardner johnson so fucking what they have pretty much every single piece coming back i love the eagles at number one number two i got the cincinnati bengals call me crazy shit at least you calling i don't really <laughs> care the bengals are a better team than the chiefs uh the chiefs lost their their starting offensive tackle that that man went to the Bengals to protect Joe Burrow. I like that move. I think the Chiefs are number three, um, and I only have him there because the left tackle does concern me. If you get pressure on Mahomes, he will make mistakes, and I I, I just believe that other teams can get after Mahomes better than the Chiefs can get after other quarterbacks. So they're number they're number three for me. Number four, I got the 49ers. A lot of quarterback concerns, but the talent is. Just ridiculous, top to bottom on the roster. Number five, 
might surprise some people, but I got the Miami Dolphins. Um, I love their their offense. They got Jalen Waddle. They got Tyree Kill. They have pieces on this team that can that can really do some damage, and they have a really good uh, a really good scheme, really good coach. I like McDaniel. Their their defense is up and coming. Give me Miami at number five to be a sleeper. Uh, six, I got the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen. I don't need to be say. I don't need to say anything else. Seven. The Goffar won't like this, but I, I got the Dallas Cowboys. They have talent. Let's just be real. Eight, the Baltimore Ravens. I love what they did the offseason. Um, they're just going to play. They're going to play good defense. In the second half of the last season, they had a top 10 defense, and now they're getting Lamar Jackson back healthy. They, what they do is run the football, play good defense, and that's how they win football games. I don't see that changing with the Ravens. I got them at eight. Number nine, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are an up-and-coming team. They just acquired uh, Calvin Ridley, from, and he's coming back from suspension. They got Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. Uh, who else? They, they they got who else? They have Zay Jones. Yeah, they got they got they have hitters on this team. Travis Etienne's a beast. I like the Jags at nine. Trevor Lawrence is ascending. Ten, I got the LA Chargers. Uh, talent galore. Um, I really like Kellen Moore. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic for the Chargers. I think he's going to make the world of the difference for them on the offensive side. Give me the Chargers at 10. So that's my top 10 power rankings. Go argue with your mother. So, so all right. So we got some similarities and we got some uh, some differences, of course. So number one, I had the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league by a wide margin. Number two, I have the Eagles because they're the most complete team. But it's hard to go. It's hard after you lose a Super Bowl. To go back, you got the Chiefs. So, of, Chiefs of one. Have to. I knew it. I have I to respect them. I have to respect They're them. They're free for me. Number two, I had the Eagles. Number three, I had the Bengals. Joe Burrow, that whole core is coming back. Number four, I had the Dolphins. They wow. Had Jay, they added Jalen Ramsey and they added David Long Jr. from the Titans. Wait. Wow. I'm so shocked. Go ahead, keep going. The Dolphins, baby. This is great. Number five, I got the Jets. They won seven games with <laughs> the worst quarterback in the league and Zach Wilson. And then they added Mike White and then that tatted up dude. Number six, I have the 49ers. Uh, roster's complete, but I just, their whole, that whole quarterback situation is messy. You got Sam Darnold, you got Brock Purdy, and you got Trey Lance. I, what are you going to do with them? So we'll see there. Number seven, I have the Chargers. I think the addition of Kellen Moore is going to unlock that offense to its highest potential. I think they're going to score a ton of points. Um, the Jaguars, I have, at number eight, I have the Jaguars. I think that Trevor Lawrence and them are only going to ascend. They're going to get Calvin Ridley. I don't think Calvin Ridley is going to have that big of an impact through the first like six games of the season, but I think once he comes on into the end and gets his legs back under him, number nine, I have the Cowboys. They added Stephon Gilmore. They, had, they added Brandon Cooks. They have Tony Pollard. I know he's coming back off of an injury, but I think their offense is going to be what it is. I'm a little concerned about losing Kellen Moore and it being Mike McCarthy, but they have enough talent and they seem to win. They seem to win 11, 12 games every year. Mm -hmm. And then number 10, I have the Ravens. Um, they have a new offensive coordinator that wants to throw the ball. I think this is the most talent that, that um, Lamar Jackson has ever had on the offensive side of the ball. If they could just stay healthy. I think that that's, I think that that's, um, I think the Ravens will challenge the Bengals in that division. Okay. So let's unpack this here. I'll pack you. <laughs> what do you have a problem with on my list? fuck bro i wasn't i didn't write it down go ahead again i don't have the jets they're okay. not a top 10 team oh. they, they reek of the broncos this year you're you're they reek of, of it 
They just do. The hard knocks thing turns me off. Turns me the sour. fuck off. You reek a sour. They, that shit turns me off. The whole hard knocks thing turns me off. They, there has never been a team that's been on hard knocks that has actually been really good. Well, they, the, they, didn't, they didn't get they, too many distractions. I do not like it. It just seems too diva ish for me. I get it. Rodgers is coming in. I get it. But it just seems too diva ish for me. When Brady went to Tampa, it was work. It was work, 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 work. <laughs> but you can't compare him to Brady. It's different. And they won eight games. They won. It is different. Exactly. It is different. They didn't win eight games this year. They won seven. Yeah. So it's different. So they weren't even. But a their schedule is going to be harder. It Remember is. that. And but again, bro, they won seven games with the worst quarterback situation in the league. You added Lazard, Brees Hall's coming back. You have the offensive rookie of the year. That defense. You have Sauce Gardner, who you could argue is a, is the best cornerback in the league. Look, they have good pieces. You I don't hear, disagree uh, five with through, it. Five through eight again. Five through eight. I have the Dolphins, the Bills, the the Cowboys, and the Ravens. I'm surprised you had the Ravens in there. And who'd you round out with at nine and ten? Um, Jacksonville and the Chargers. Well, the Ravens—they're—they're they're always a solid team. They're always going to play good-ass defense, yeah, the and they're going to yeah. run the football. Yeah, you know, they're going to run the air out of the football. You know who I actually thought? That's what they do. You know who? I, it was hard for me to leave off of that list. The Lions. We'll talk about that at another yeah, show. I know, I know, because that was one of the teams that was fringe for me. Yeah, I know. I had—I wrote it actually down here just in case you questioned me at twelve and at eleven and twelve. I had the Bills and the Lions. So okay, so, so you Bills is not on your top ten. No, but the the Jets are. Yeah. So that's where our differences. Correct. Are. Yeah. Okay. But I have, I mean, I wow. have the Dolphins and well, you have the Dolphins and the Five. Bills. I have the Dolphins and the Jets. I think like I I don't understand how people are not talking about the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to be good. Dolphins are going to be they're stout, dude. They're stacked. See, I, I took the Bills over the Jets, and he, and. and Honestly, let's let's just go the consistency consistency route. Josh Allen has been been lights out. He's had forty touchdowns passing and throwing the last three years. I, it's hard for me to just say it's going to decline, like a, a, like it's going to go off a cliff. I just don't see that. And Rogers playing in New York, there's a lot of pressure. It takes a lot to get to know you know you know your players your. Your your system. I, I just feel like you know. I, I get you know. Hackett's there. They have some rapport there. I get it. I get it. I just the Jets thing. It just it just smells like shit to me. And that's and my thing it is really smells and it's like funny shit because that's exactly how I am with the Bills. I am the Bills are my team this year that are going to be the team that shocks everybody and falls off. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win five games, but if the Bills win ten games, I think it will be a great season for them. That's how much I think the Bills are going to collapse. It's not that I don't believe in Sauce, Brees, and Garrett. I, I believe in Garrett. I believe in all those guys. I, I do. But Brees Hall's coming off an ACL injury. Let's be real here. Okay? Let's like let's let's be real. And is Garrett, is Garrett going to command, you know, double coverages this year? Yeah, you bet fucking you bet the fucking house he is. And you got Alan Lazard. Okay, and what him. has Alan Lazard? And you got McCall did, Hardman in the third and, in the slot. And Alan Lazard. Has been nothing in Green Bay, really. He was, but he was okay. He was he's, all right last year. He's a decent receiver. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be a world beater. No, but he's a good two or three. Right. And then you got McCole Hardman. Right. And then but, you got Brees Hall. And then you got Rodgers. Like that's what, like my thing is, is. But what do you do? You have an offensive line, bro. You because have, if you don't have an offensive line, those pieces don't mean shit. I understand that, but here's the thing: that same offensive line got the worst quarterback situation in the league to seven wins. And their best and the best running back went down. So my thing is, is 
that's going to improve no matter what with Aaron Rodgers back there. And I'm not even an Aaron Rodgers fan like that, but I know Aaron Rodgers is good. And here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder. Everybody's been talking about him. The whole thing that happened with Green Bay dumping him, this, that, and the third. I just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big, big season. Mm -hmm. I really do. And I like them on the Jets. And for me with the Bills, you lost Leslie Frazier. You lost your defensive coordinator. Last year, you lost Brian Dable. You still didn't fix your offensive line. Your best wide receiver isn't showing up to mini camps. Every time there's a, a press conference, they're talking about Stephon Diggs not showing up. Sean McDermott saying, I'm concerned about it. Your whole offense is predicated upon big play or bust. Okay. Like the Bills don't have a five to seven yard game. They just don't have it, which is why the Bills can't get anywhere. What I'm about to tell you is this going to scare you. The Jets ranked third worst in pass block grade last season. Mm -hmm. The Packers were the third best, right? Mm -hmm. That scares me. That concerns me. Not me. This whole Jets thing, this whole experiment just smells like shit. It just does. It's going to smell like and, roses. By the and end of the and I had this hunch about the Broncos last year. I just didn't stick my neck out of the fucking woods and say it. But this year, I'm going to fucking say it. And the Jets are going to be the team that's going to be very disappointing to a lot of people. So what would you say is disappointing, though? What's a disappointing record for the Jets? Uh, I think disappointing for the Jets is anything less than an ASC championship appearance. So you have high expectations for them. I the world does. I don't. The world does. So if the world, so I'm saying for you. So if the, if they went if they went eleven and six mm -hmm. and they got bounced in the first round, is that a failure? I think that's a. I think they exceeded expectations in my end. Eleven and six. I I, I don't even have them going eleven and six. That's a good. But I'm saying that's a good season. That's a good. That's, that's a good season. If Aaron Rodgers goes to a new team, yeah, in the Big Apple, wins eleven games out of seventeen, gets to a playoff game, yeah. What's wrong with that? That's well, a good there's, season. There's a lot wrong with that. He's 39 years old. Next year, he's going to be 40. How much How much does he have left in the tank? He's got, a, he's because, got two years max. Because you traded two sec, two first-round picks to get him. Like, you traded a, a lot to go to go get this guy. He's got to deliver. Well, it was really only one. So, you got, you got all these picks, right? You traded. You got your quarterback. But who the fuck is protecting this guy? This guy's 39, going to be 40 years old. It just smells like shit he to could, me, dude. He could get the it ball feels out fast. like right, but you know he can't get the ball out fast. But defenses are going to come after Aaron Rodgers. They are they they're just going to blitz him. And who knows when you go from the third best pass block grade to the third worst, that is concerning. That's a that's a big margin right there. So let me ask you something. So what? How do you feel about the Rams next year? The Rams? Yeah, I don't have high hopes for them. I okay. just okay. I I All think right. they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be what they were last year. I think they're going to be a competitive team. They're going to they're going to give people fits because you have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is still a top five wide receiver in this league, maybe possibly top three. So the I'm offensive line, that. the offensive line with a less talented quarterback doesn't concern you because the offensive line in, on the Rams is just as bad, if not worse, than the Jets. And Matthew Stafford is not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Well, and you have no run game with the Rams. Okay. So my thing is, is like, if you think that way about the Rams, how are you not looking at the Jets situation and saying, okay, they just won seven games and they're bringing back the identical team. They got better at wide receiver. They're getting the premier running back back and they upgraded more than anyone in the league at the, at that position. Well, I, I take a look at their division. They got the Cardinals. Who else do they have? Who? Oh, the Rams. I'm sorry. 
Well, they got the 49ers and the Seahawks. They were both playoff teams. Okay. The Seahawks the Cardinals are... stink. The Cardinals are the worst team in the league, so I'm with you on that. That's one team eliminated. The, the fucking AFC East is packed. You can discredit New England. I'm not going to do that here. You know how I feel about them. That's my squad. But let's let's put some respect on their name yeah, too. They're going to be, gonna be they ain't going to be some shit. They're going to they're going to surprise some people too. But their their divisions harder. I think the AFC would you well I would say the AFC is probably the the better conference than the NFC. I mean, here's the problem. Like let's let's, here's let's my be issue real. With the Patriots. The AFC is so loaded. Mac Jones isn't even a top 10 quarterback in his own conference. That's the problem. I mean, now look, if they get D-Hop, it'll help. Absolutely, it'll help. You know what I mean? So, But the AFC East is loaded. I know exactly what you're saying. But here's the, are the Seahawks going anywhere? I don't think so. The 49ers, they were ranked, what, third, fourth in your fifth in power I had rankings? them fourth, yeah. Okay, so there you go. The, they're not going anywhere. The Cardinals, like I said, that's a gimme. The Cardinals are going to win three games. So it's like, okay. But I got you on that. You have... I just think for me, it's the expectations thing. There's everybody yep. saying the Jets, the Jets, the Jets, the Jets. And I'm sitting here like I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like I see I see the roster. I see the potential. I see everything that everybody's talking about. But when I look at the offensive line, it doesn't fit the mold of what the predictions are saying. It doesn't make any sense. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with a bottom three offensive line. It just – You know what? It would be – it would be Aaron Rodgers' greatest run he's ever had in his entire career if he if he were to do that. It, it wouldn't even be a question. I don't know. That Super Bowl run was good because he was a wild card team. And, and he Big Ben. And if Aaron – I'll say this. If Aaron Rodgers can win with this offensive line, he is a top five all-time quarterback, and it's not close. He's a Super Bowl away from being a top five quarterback. I'm, I'm on record saying that. I just don't have him in my top five because I said he's never – he hasn't done shit since that Super Bowl. He's won MVPs and stuff, but he hasn't done it when it really counted. But my thing is, I'm going to say, when it comes to the Jets, stop paying attention to the offensive line and pay attention to me. <laughs> That's crazy. That's what I'm saying, and I will get you places. Listen to what I'm saying. So, all right, Do you have anything else on that before we move you're, to our new segment? You're sick. Under center? Uh, no. I'm, right. I'm, let's, let's go. This is our new shit. Under center. Kirk Cousins edition. So I'm going to ask theories who he would rather have under center. Kirk Cousins or Deshaun Watson? Kirk Cousins, bro. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Damn. Why? I thought we were gonna get into it on. I got Kirk Cousins. Kirk, too. give me Kirk. Yeah, because the numbers back it up. Kirk was 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 top five in in passing yards last year. Yeah, and you know how I feel about the Sean Watson. He's not coming back. Russell Wilson. I'll take Russ. I will take Russ. Uh, I think last year was a really bad year, changing teams. I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson on this one. I'm going with Kirk Cousins again. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with Kirk Cousins again. I just, again, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, I'm off both of them. Deshaun Watson's a little bit more personal. Um, and not, well, actually, I don't really want to say that. Because Deshaun Watson is, he just was off for too long. And I just don't see him coming back. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Russell Wilson, I think he's washed up. I didn't say it. I just watched it. Kirk <laughs> Cousins or Jared Goff? I got Jared Goff. So do I. Yeah, I think Jared Goff is Jared probably Goff one. definitely more talented. And I think that last year was an indication of what Jared Goff can be. I think Jared Goff is one of the best quarterbacks in the pocket. He's all. Uh, Jared I don't Goff care. I'll good, say bro. that. Yeah. Jared look at the Goff look at the stats. Good. The stats will tell the whole story. This guy in the pocket is fucking good. Yeah, he's really good. He's a he's a, he's a he's efficient. Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford? I'm gonna go Stafford here. I'm gonna say Stafford too. The only issue I have with that is I'm so I don't like what's up with his injury. 
I feel like we haven't heard anything about it since last year. And last year, it seemed, I mean, it knocked him out for the season. So I don't know what Stafford is coming into the year, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he's healthy and I would take Stafford. Right. I would rather have Matthew Stafford leading my team than Kirk Cousins just because of the history. And, and I, I know Stafford can get it done. Yes. I haven't seen Kirk get it done yet. Correct. Kyler Murray or Kirk Cousins? Kirk, Kirk Cousins. All day long. It's not all even a question. It's all day long. Kyler Murray stinks. We're going to be dragging Kyler all season long. Well, not long. until Thanksgiving because he's out. Well, it doesn't matter. In, in our under center editions, he's going to be. Oh, always. He's going to be. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. 80% of the league. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott? <sighs> I'll do that. This was tough. Look at the numbers. The numbers, the, the numbers are actually, you know, they lie sometimes. They do, they do. They're they don't, they don't tell the full story. I agree with that. I'm gonna go Dak Prescott here. So am I. Thank you. I think talent wise, he's a little bit better. Justin Fields or uh, I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields. I'm gonna go Kirk Cousins here. I'm not a Justin Fields guy. I gotta, I, he, I, I gotta see it. I gotta see him put together a full season of him sitting in the pocket and delivering the football. I, I know he's he's a great runner, fantastic athlete. I need to see him in the pocket and delivering the football. Kirk Cousins can do that. I'm taking Kirk Cousins too. Justin Fields, he missed a lot of easy throws. And the same thing as you. I just, I need to see him do it. Mm -hmm. I need him to give me something where I'm like, okay, I see it there. That doesn't involve him running. Yeah. So that's where I'm on that. Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones? Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty simple. Yep. Daniel Jones stinks. Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr? This one was hard for me, but I am actually going to lean Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is better numbers over, uh, you know, overall. I'm so than, good to see your brain still works. Uh, come on, don't do me like that, bro. <laughs> Not in front of company. Everybody knows I'm fucking smart. I know what I'm talking about. But Kirk Cousins d dominates Derek Carr in every single statistic yep. uh, category um, throughout his career, besides interceptions and pass attempts. Kirk Cousins, or oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even say it. Yeah, I'm taking Kirk Cousins too. Derek Carr is all right, but he's. I don't know. I think Derek Carr is also one of those players this year that has a shitload of expectations on him, and I think it's a recipe for disaster out there with um, that idiot coaching. I can't think of his name. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, Dennis uh, Allen. You, I think that's a recipe yeah, for you hate example. Dennis Allen, but yo, Dennis Allen went 7-9 uh, last year. Dennis Allen shot. Or 7-10. Yeah. 7-9. I'm so used to 16 games. I know. I'm the same way. So weird. Kirk Cousins or Tua? Sipping on some shit? Nah, I'm I kidding. Just, I, I, like, I like Kirk Cousins. Give me, give, me, give me Kirk. Give me Tua. I like Kirk. Yeah, I think Tua showed a lot last year. Obviously, the whole health thing, but Tua and them boys were rolling. I and did I too. Think Tua gave me a. I got. I gained a lot of respect for Tua. I did too. But can I just rattle off Kirk Cousins' numbers from last year? They lie. They don't. I mean, look, they do, but it, it's pretty good, man. Kirk it's Cousins fucking is like good. The hardest quarterback to judge. He He's is. Like, you know what Kirk Cousins reminds me of? He is. Though. He reminds me of Eli Manning without the Super Bowls. Damn. That just hit me. Damn. You're right. He's Eli Manning without the Super Bowls. You're right. I think, I think Kirk Except Cousins. Except his win-loss record is probably way better. Well, no, definitely is way better. See, I think Kirk is a little bit more efficient numbers-wise. So like less, less turnovers, maybe, yeah. I would say. 
But Kirk Cousins last year, he 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 was he was great. I was trying to tell you that all last year. Sixty six percent completion percentage, forty five hundred passing yards, twenty nine touchdowns, fourteen picks. Pretty good to me. That's pretty good. I Nick, I told but, you this last year. But however, I am going to rebuttal that. Okay. He was also the fourth highest uh, attempts last year. Mm-hmm. So those numbers are inflated. I get it. Just like Brady's were. Like Brady's Brady had a lot of passing yards, but he also threw for like 700 times compared to the field. So I get that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm not oblivious to the stats. I'm not a, I'm not I'm not like a fucking, <laughs> you know, I I I get it. I I defend Brady, but when it comes down to to looking at the numbers, obviously it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be more skewed when yeah. you have more attempts, right? Yes. So I I I I but the longevity of throwing 600 and something passing, you know, passes in a year, that's got to speak something, For right? Sure. Like, you know, you, you got, you have stamina, you got, uh, I know it's kind of crazy, but you're, Don't you're healthy. Don't look at me and tell me about having stamina. But look, you play 17 full games and you're throwing the ball 650 times. That's, that's got to count for something, right? Like that's a lot of wear and tear on a, a tired on a arm body. and a first round exit. Yeah. No, I, I look. Called, I just called it, by yours truly. I just thought about it. That was the Kirk Cousins and Eli comparison. That was really right off the top of my head there because I don't. That's a great comparison. I don't know how to judge Kirk Cousins, and that's the same thing with Eli Manning. I don't know how to judge. My issue with Kirk Cousins is last year. Like I'm not a big Kirk Cousins fan, but last year the team was rolling. They were 11 and 0 in one score games. They beat the Bills. They were they were really good, and then he comes out. And lays an egg against the Giants, and it's like, bro, what? Like, what? Who? 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 Who are you? I just think that Minnesota doesn't really put him in the best position to succeed per but, se when it comes to uh, big time matchups, like game I, planning. Game planning. I'm talking game planning specifics. That's been the score when you, of his career, though. I get it, but when you are too Justin Jefferson centric. And you don't really, you know, get it going on the ground. Like, you're not balanced. That hurts you. But how are you not balanced with Dalvin Cook? I don't know. Because I guess when you have a Justin, a Justin Jefferson, you're so, you, you want to get him the football because he's so dynamic. All right. That's so fair. I, I get you. it. I yeah. get it. But they needed, you know, that's why they drafted Jordan Addison. They got rid of Adam Thielen because they know they're too Justin Jefferson centric. Yeah. Then they went out and got Hawkinson. Hawkinson was a great addition for him. As told by Pauls. Yeah, it was a great I, I hated it, but he was a great addition for him. He was a beast. He was somebody that went across the middle and commanded attention. And he was a big body, wide body, calabasas. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he was he 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 was really good for them. So I I, I just you know, I, I think they need to put him in better position to succeed game planning wise when they play better teams. That's all I that's what I see in the in the Vikings. Yeah, I know. Truthfully. All right, last segment before we get out of here. We're going to start with uh, some fantasy football. What is your most underrated strategy? Wow. Like trade negotiations, draft, waiver wire, flex options, all that type of stuff that goes into like the the grind of the season. So this is a grind. I like so the most underrated strategy to me is when I am sitting down and I'm getting ready to prepare for my draft. I look at wide receivers who have had over a hundred targets in the previous season. And I look to see if they change coaching staffs and if they didn't, or if they got somebody that I like and can make them even better, I'm going to put them on my list because um, 
I always go for the volume. It's 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 a volume based league. The NFL is a passing league. So the more opportunity is to me, you get the more points or projected points. That is. So I always go for guys that go for high volume. Give me the guys that can give me 120 targets. I don't give a fuck who it is. I don't care if it's a Brandon Cooks. I don't care if it's a Christian Kirk. I don't care if it's a Gabe Davis. Those guys are getting me 120 targets in a season. I can carry that with me throughout the entire season, and that gives me volume per week. I feel like it's a combination of things, and I think, like you just said, it goes from the draft strategy. But I also think that something that is really, really important, and it's kind of obvious, is the waiver wire. Because if you can nail in those first few weeks, if you get one of those players that pops, you could change the trajectory of your whole season. I remember a few years ago, yeah. it was like the last time I was even good in fantasy football. I had Le'Veon Bell, and I forget who the other running back was that I had, but I picked up Alvin Kamara. I was when Odell Beckham's rookie year, when he was out for the first four to six weeks, I picked him up. If you can get a player like that in the beginning of your season that you don't need to worry about in the draft, that could like literally switch your whole season. Now, two years ago, when I went through all those, when I had five players on the bench that were all injured, it was I was working through the waiver wire. Right. So to me, like it's just it's all plotting and scheming and like knowing your players. And like you said, like we've sat down and we've wrapped about this, like with the targets and stuff like that. And yeah, all that stuff matters. But for me, it's just your draft strategy, your approach, and then how you maneuver on the wire. Totally agree with you. Uh, so, like, when you go for the wire, though, right, like you're in the early stages of the season, what are you looking for on the wire that is grabbing your attention immediately in that player? Is so, it the volume? Is it the, the usage? Is it the offense? Is no, it the quarterback? For me, it it's I look at, like, I'll look at the quarterback, and I like to look at the team they're playing. Right. And I'm like, okay, if I know, like, if they're – if if it's the Houston Texans and I'm like, okay, they're not a good team, but Brandon cooks is out this week and they're playing the Ra the Raiders and the Raiders are ass. Okay. I'm going to look really hard at Nico Collins. Why? Somebody has to get those points. Right. Who was that dude that I picked up on the Colts and we were cracking up because he had a huge week. Was it, uh, it wasn't Paris Campbell. It was a different name and we were cracking up laughing about it. Cause he did really good. Damn. It was I like two years ago. I can't think of that guy's name. But it was stuff like that. I just looked at like, okay, who are you playing? It was the same strategy I had last year when I was picking up the defenses. I was picking up all the defenses that were playing. Chester Rogers. Chester Rogers. That's who it was. And he went off. But, yo, he's not a big name. But the guy yeah. was getting 12 targets a week. Yes, and I look at the targets too. But I, I, to me, it also comes into account the defense that they're playing. It's right. targets. And then I look, okay, are they playing a really bad defense that has no corners? Mm -hmm. Is that corner out? You know what I mean? Is one of their good corners out and that the, their really good corner has to focus on D-hop? I look at things like that. It's a great point because if you if you get into the waiver wire and just say you hit a home run on the guy that you pick up, you didn't start him that week, but guess what? Somebody in your league needs that player due to injuries, due to a lack of, you know, or just because their draft sucked, they need a player, right? And they think that guy can help them out. That's where... I feel like you can become a, like a businessman at some point yes. and sell high on the player that you just picked up to acquire another piece that can help you along the way. That's where that's 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 trades, always... trades to me and what I've learned over the years because I've made good ones and I've made really bad ones. Trades are all about timing. They will make or break your season. I mean, I'm a I'm a look at me. However. It is not like you don't have to trade to win the whole thing either. Yeah, no, because I didn't trade anybody last Neither year. Neither did Seamus. And if I did ago. trade, 
piles, I would have never won. I know. I would have been fucked. I know. Somebody would have gotten hurt that I acquired that that I that I wanted to have on my team moving forward yep. and saw as a championship piece, but he would have never been there because he got hurt. So yeah, if I would have traded, I would have gotten fucking screwed. I know. So just being patient is also a big thing for me. It's just being patient with your draft. Trust your draft. You know what I mean? Like go in there, get your guys that you want, and then play it out. Trust See how the first hours. cup. First, I always say it. The first month is the crucial is is the crucial month because then you could see the landscape of your team. You could see how they're performing and the at the running backs, the wide receivers. How's your quarterback doing? Do I have a good tight end? You'll know somewhat. You'll know a, a lot yeah. more than you did four weeks ago. But once you could do that, then you're able to maneuver. Okay, I know that my running backs are probably not going to do it for me for the rest of the way. I need to make a move. What can I move? I have a wide receiver in place that I can move for a running back. So you, it's, it's a lot of mix hard and match in our league too because we're 14 people. I agree with that. So it's really hard because you can't really like the only really way to make moves is like it, you have to add so many players. The waiver wire is not that good. I mean, when you pick up players yeah. in our league, you have to research. You're you're getting bottom of the barrel. You're getting third and fourth guys. You're getting bottom of the barrel. Yeah, you're so, not getting shit. Yeah, that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, what would be your advice on how to prepare for your fantasy draft? What always works for me, blank slate. Right? I just I I, I wipe the board clean. I don't even think about last year. I go right into the position players of 2022 per per position. I'll start with the quarterbacks. What am I looking for? Am I looking for a running quarterback or am I looking for a pocket passer? Depending on the league, the way it's set up. If, you, if you're if you getting points for a running quarterback, I'm probably going to lean the running quarterback. It's just the way it is, right? Um, and then what I do is I go position by position. Pause. <laughs> I was going to say, all right, all right. I, I'm behind that. Major pause, yeah, for real. And I just, I highlight, I highlight names that I think are going to be really good. And what I do is I look at the volume from last year. How many carries did they get? Did they get a lot of targets? What's their offense looking like now? Did their offense acquire, you know, uh, a player that could take away, you know, those carries or or the volume? I look at all stuff like that. And what I do is I give myself at least two, three days to kind of formulate who I actually want per position. That's what I do. And then towards like, you know, two weeks later, I formulate everything and I combine them and I, I cut the weeds out of who I want and who I don't want. And what I do is I like to look at a certified star. <laughs> I like to look at a, a consistent player, you know, low double digits weekly. Um, and then I look for a guy, an up and coming player, a boomer bust kind of guy, prime to break out. This gives you flexibility and balance, in my opinion, and, and the wide receiver position and in any positions, actually, besides quarterback and tight end. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I would say if you're preparing for your fantasy draft, the first thing I would do is not listen to me as a current back to back last place finisher. That's, uh, crazy. that's number one. No, we, well, you can't do that because we want people to tune nah, into our I know, fantasy I'm takes, well, and you have good fantasy. I'm takes. gonna be, wear, I'm gonna be you wearing just, a fucking romper on here in about three weeks. The problem is, oh yeah, Phil, did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that's the new punishment. I have yep. to wear a romper on one of these episodes. Yeah, he's gonna wear on the episode. So <laughs> you have, I hate that. You're good at fantasy. Like I could talk fantasy with you, and you know what the fuck is going on. The problem is. You just do stupid shit and you don't no, listen, listen to theories. Listen, listen, we need, no, we're having it out right now. Let's do it. Two years ago was not my fault. Last year, I take full responsibility. I get it. Two years ago, I had five players injured. What was I supposed to do there? That's like an anomaly. 
Both okay. my IR spots were taken up, and I had three injured players on my bench. What am I supposed to do? I, I get it. You can't do that in a 14-player league. Right. Last year, yes, I bad trade. My, the thought that I had formulated in my head made sense. It's just I I don't think anybody expected Cam Akers to not to basically get told, get sent home so for six then, weeks. That goes back to our argument with the trade. Yes. Patience. Correct. I know. And trust me, I learned. I learned. However, I would say, like, my strategy is find players that you can plug and play with no worries. Five? That's tough. No, no. Find. Okay. F-I-N-D. Okay. Find okay. players my, my that you can plug and play that you know are guaranteed hitters weekly. Then I like to take calculated risks on players that I think have a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. That was my my strategy and my approach last year. And if I didn't make that trade with Cheddar, my team would have been good. I would have been fine. So my approach was right. It's just like I said, I don't even want to talk about it anymore because it's making me pissed off. But I'm just saying that that is how I go with it. Find your stud, calculated risk on players that you think have a high ceiling. Do you think it's necessary to have a top flight running back these days? Yes and no. Like, Explain. Like what? Like what do you mean? Like wh- yes and no. Like like yes, you need you need a a star. A you need prominent a star running player. back. Yeah, you need like, it. Prominent's a good a good word. Do you, you need, need it or, or or is it is it more of a need or is it more of a want? Wants and needs. Yeah, wants and needs. No, nah, I think it's a need. I still think you need that position because again, it's so scarce. The running backs are scarce. It's just I know that the workload is getting eaten into. I just don't think it's where you need to have – you don't need two big dogs anymore at running back. You don't need that anymore. But I also don't hate the approach either. Like, I feel like there's a lot of ways you could take fantasy, right? Well, because the thing. It depends on if they're pass catchers. Right. That matters. Like, like last year I had Derek – Derek Henry is the only player that you don't have to worry about pass catching. It's the weirdest thing ever, but, yeah, he's a beast. He's fucking – He's phenomenal. 25 points a week and 30 touches. Yeah. So it's like – but with a player like – like I'm trying to think, like Chubb, Chubb always finishes great, but Kareem Hunt will take. T- Whoa, on, man! Chubb always finishes great. Come on, bro. We almost finished the episode. What's happening uh, here? I got a headache. Oh, this is P and I, baby. So, <laughs> anyway, I'm saying he does, but it's like you know, Kareem Hunt will eat away at some of his opportunities. Kareem Hunt's the pass catcher. How much more dominant would? I'm not even saying dominant would Chubb be. How much more dominant would he be if he was the pass catcher? A lot you know what i'm saying yeah. so that that's where i'm at on that but i still think you still need running backs see i like the strategy like i'm i'm weird i i like the strategy of having two monster running backs even though i didn't do it last year yeah i like the strategy to have two monster running backs and going cheap ass wide receivers guys that got high volume targets that's that has yeah. always worked for me yeah like a couple years ago when cole beasley was getting like 12 targets a game i picked him up because yeah. he's getting me 12 targets a game. Like, yeah, he's going to get me 11, 12 points. But that's all I needed out of him because I had two big running backs that got me the points. Well, here's the thing now. The big running backs that you speak of, there's not many of them. That's not true. I, Nick, when I, I say big running backs, I'm talking about the guys that put up like the 25 burgers a week. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of them anymore. Well, you got it's the- CMC, it's Eckler, it's Derrick Henry, it's Nick Chubb. I mean, Brees Hall was all right. Brees Hall was up there, but he just got hurt. So you don't know what he's going to be coming back. But there, I, we're in a play, we're in a league with fourteen players. Yeah. So even if there's seven or eight, the next half of those guys are going to be the next half of the, the next half of the league. You better build the rest of your team and and hit on every one of those picks. So that's another strategy, then, right? So let's talk about that. 
you know, as we're going to come to an end here on this episode, because we've been we've been rapping for a little while. But I just want to talk about I just want to talk about this this one little point here. Like, would you are are you a guy that can go middle of the middle of the pack running backs and then go a big wide receiver name or big wide receivers? Yes and no. And that comes from. But it also depends on the format. Yeah, but it's question. It's conversations that you and you and I have had and you can get players for ten dollars well our our draft is different you can get players at a lesser price that can do the same shit as the player as the high quality players i'm so proud of them. and what i've read and what i've noticed is like okay like i actually really really understand that yeah and like i said you didn't have to tell me now i watch it i saw <laughs> i know i know exactly what you're talking about so i will take that with me to our draft this year and moving forward because i'm like okay i understand that strategy now but again the only thing is is like when you take risks on players with high ceiling, you have to hit. Yeah. Because, like, if you take a risk on somebody and it doesn't hit, that's a dud. And when we're going in our league, that is so hard to overcome. You're down a player. Yeah. And you're that's, down and a player. Depending on how much you put, you cost in that budget, yeah. that's a hole to fill. And then the waiver wires, like, that's why I said you have to hit early. You have to hit that those waivers early and get somebody. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're in deep shit. I agree with you. And I always look for guys that, you know, they're starting. I look for handcuffs. Look at the starters. Yes. If Do they have history of getting hurt? Yes. If they do, go scoop them up. That is the number one rule in my book. Last year, I, I had a feeling Leonard Fournette was going to get hurt or he was going to lose a starting job. Just like a hunch. Just because of the history. Rashad White stepped in and he did wonders for me. He did absolute wonders for me. Tyler Algier, the same way, the same guy. Like, I picked him up. He was good. Like, you could find some good quality running backs to help you out. If you, because I had my, my running back one was Javante Williams. He got hurt. My RB2 was ETN. James Robinson, the first couple weeks, was taking over that role and I was fucked. So I if had James it. Robinson doesn't get hurt or doesn't get traded. I'm in trouble. ETN went from etm went from being i don't want to say your best player but one of your three best players because you had josh allen and um i had raw so my thing is yeah but i would say that etm was one of your best players but my point is is that if etn say james robinson goes on that trajectory stays on that path yeah he doesn't get hurt and he doesn't get traded if etn was a miss for you your season would have been different. You still could have won, but you would have been drastically different because it wasn't a hit. It was a hit, but it was by default. Right. And I'll be honest with you. When ETN did take over, I mean, there was a couple of weeks in, the, in there where he was getting like eight, nine points. So like, he but was, then he, but then he, but then he was getting 21, 22. And he was a true RB1. Now 21. Like <laughs> that's what he was doing for me. Yeah, <laughs> he was getting me points, bro. He was he was producing for me, and that helped me because then I was able to get a Rashad White, and I had loaded wide receivers and T. Higgins, Amon Ra. They get high volume targets. Then I had Josh Dude. Allen, who is a fucking menace, bro. He's a machine, a fantasy football machine. That's what Josh Allen is. Last thing before we get out of here, give me your give me a fantasy sleeper heading into next season. All right, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Um. My fantasy sleeper. You're going to laugh at this one, though. Regular. You want to laugh at this one? Yeah. Ready? Donovan Peoples-Jones. BPJ. This is crazy for you, but to me, it's this is this is this is real. 
17 games played last year, 61 catches on 96 targets, 839 yards, and three touchdowns with Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson missing two two years. The last every year of DPJ's uh uh career, he's doubled his stats every single year. Almost doubled his stats, catches, targets, yards, everything. He's doubled since he's been in the league in 2000, I think 2020. 2020 came in the league. He has doubled his production year in and year out. This guy is 24 years old. He's a big body. I really like him to break out this year. I think he is a fantasy sleeper if Deshaun Watson can come back to form. My fa- I like that a lot because I was a fan of him when he when uh, Baker was there. Yeah, Remember, we were used to laughing he's about solid, it He's solid, man. He's yeah, solid. I think he's a good wide receiver. I think he's a good player. Uh, my fantasy sleeper is Jahan Dotson. Wow. In 12, he he outscored scary fucking in six of the 11 games they both started and completed. He started 12 games and was a top 25 wide receiver finish in 50% of them. So I think Jahan Dotson is primed for a breakout year. Now, I, it will depend on Sam Howell. I don't know much about him, but I mean, he looked all right against Dallas, Philly. It, he looked all right against Dallas. So it's like, if Sam Howell could be formidable, why can't why can't Jahan Dotson I, I love off it. Of that? He had it with Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. I love it. I love that. I love and it, man. Ta- Scary fucking gets all all the attention. So he's totally somebody. agree. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to 159. We'll see you guys on Tuesday night. That's some good ass fucking content, man. That is some good content. Everybody that's watching right now, man, please tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate all the love, support, and the comments. If you guys haven't done so already, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on YouTube. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Megaphone, Stitcher, and all that other shit. <laughs> That's also, follow us on all of our social platforms as we do. As we <laughs> Dang, you fucked my rhythm up, man. You fucked me up. We are on all other platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we will see you guys next Tuesday at PNI, baby. Peace. I'm caps lock different. It's facts, not fiction. Said I black out for real, then the track gone missing. If it's cap, I'm dipping. We ain't talking about a move, then it's flatline finished. When I spaz, I'm grinning. Pull a peel off in the Sadies, and I pass by spinning. It's perks with the slate, but I don't have my skinnage. Took a quick trip, and now I'm back home winning. And I see they eyes pop like I snack on spinach. Pull up to the spot, she try and grab my digits. I'm already eight shots, a Henny past my limit. Here you go. Hazards with a dash full of tickets. I'ma act like I don't see them like I bet I. Vision, y'all can't pass my scrimmage. Way y'all tripping, it's Aruba. I realized I had to go.